You're listening to What's the Deal, Grosseal, a podcast exploring the people, places, history, and events that make Grosseal unique. I'm your host, Ben Fote. It's the middle of December and things still don't feel right because, well, 2020. I wanted to remember what a normal year would be like on Grosseal, and the Boar's Head Festival came to mind. Since we moved to Grosseal in 2016, the Boar's Head Festival has only happened once in 2018. We were fortunate to get tickets and experience it, but it could be easy to miss if you're new to the island and haven't heard of this holiday celebration. Fortunately for this episode of What's the Deal, Grosseal, I'm joined by a director of the festival who will help us all learn a little more about a long-standing and loved island tradition. Krista Eubank has been a director of the Borshead Festival since 2011. I'm so happy you could get some time with me in this dark year to talk about the event of Grosseal's Christmas season, Krista. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, me too. Before we get into the nuts and bolts, so what is a Borshead Festival anyway? So a Boar's Head Festival is, um, it was a medieval festival where they would go and kill a boar, which represented Satan, and, uh, and, and eat it. It was a Christmas festival, and there would be singing and dancing and royalty and, and all sorts of fun stuff. So it's a medieval Christmas festival. And then on Grosseal, there's, there's, there's a whole performance that's based off this medieval thing, and then we like to think about it sort of in two sections. There's the the first part, the 45 minutes, which is the festival part of the performance, which is this whole medieval thing. And then they tell the Christmas story. And so the last half of the performance for Grosseal Boar's Head Festival, and not all Boar's Head Festivals have this, is the telling of the, the biblical Christmas story. And who puts it on? How's it organized? There is, it's its own organization. It's a not-for-profit. Grosseal Boar's Head Festival formed its own not-for-profit. And it is put on by that there's a board of directors. There are people from all across the island. I think all of the the congregations are represented. Father Phil Dinwiddie from St. James is currently the president of the board. And that board works together to put that on, but it is a collaboration between uh, all the churches on the island and other groups on the island who who are part of it. And then about 500 people who are a part of of putting it together on stage and off each time. Wow, that's a lot of people. It is a lot of people. (laughs) So to get that big then, how, how how far back does it go? What's, what's the history to that? It is. And I wish I had the actual numbers in front of me and I don't. And there are people who have been with it from the beginning and who could rattle it off. I think in 2018, we were celebrating 35 years, if I'm remembering correctly. So I think the first one was 37 years ago and they used to do it every year. And then it grew to a size where they started doing it like every other year. And then (laughs) uh, they were doing it sort of every four years, which is sort of apparently where it's kind of been since I've gotten involved. But that changes a little bit depending on what's going on in the community and, and whether, you know, we can we can put it on. We had to put it off one year because we, we right now we're doing it. Most recently, we've been doing it since I've been involved at Sacred Heart, you know, and they were doing some renovations. And so, we you know, things like that affect when we can when we can put it on. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, is there a plan for when it's scheduled to happen again? No, is the short answer. The (laughs) longer answer is next year, 2021, would have been the soonest we would have considered doing it. Uh, We were debating whether to do it 
three to four years from when we last did it on the uh, in 2018. At this point, I can't imagine we'll do it in 2021. It it takes a good solid year of of planning. And at this point, obviously, we just don't know how safe it would be next year. So I think 2022 would this is this is not an official board decision, but I would say 2022 <laughs> would be the earliest we could consider doing it again. And that will depend a lot on you know, where we are safety-wise with a pandemic and then where we are as a board in terms of, of being able to, to do the work that it takes to get it on its feet. And, and where's, where is it put on at? So we've been doing it, and I, I wish I knew how long. It's been a while since they, since they started doing it at Sacred Heart. So we've been doing it in the main sanctuary of Sacred Heart. I know for years it was done in the high school auditorium. And if you've been in the high school auditorium, on the sides there out in the audience, they have these paintings that are on the wall of people in medieval costume as if they are watching the stage. And those were created during Boar's Head Festival. Somebody somebody else would know who did that. And I apologize that I don't (laughs) know. But those are there and those were put up during the Boar's Head Festival and have been there ever since. Once everything's back to normal, whatever normal is going to be, <laughs> right. and, and we all get tickets for Boar's Head, what, what should we expect to see there? I would imagine that when we are able to do it again, it will probably look very much like it has in the past. Obviously, we'll just have to see where we are when it finally happens, whether we're still in in some sort of extra measures in terms of, of cleanliness. And But I can't imagine trying to put this on with any sort of social distancing. There's not space in the sanctuary for the audience. There's not space backstage for the performers. It is packed Um, in there. It is. We, you know, you've been a part of it. You're, we are all sort of right on top of each other. And, and and with, with 500 people involved, it would be a very difficult thing to do. So who knows? There may be, again, we haven't had a a board meeting in over a year. You know, maybe there might be a a stopgap, something different in a year. (laughs) If we're, if if we don't feel like we're able to put on a full production, you know, there, there might be some sort of interim production, but Walk me through what it's like to to arrive to Boar's Head. What what do you experience as you you come in the the doors? At, at as Sacred an audience Heart? member, yeah. okay. So right. as an audience member, when you come in to to the to the to the foyer there in in um, Sacred Heart, it has already been decorated for Christmas. So you you come in and there's likely music playing. It might be a bell choir. It might be. Um, we have a, a recorder group that plays. There might be a, a choir out there singing. There's Father Christmas and Mother Christmas might greet you and be willing to take pictures with you uh-huh. with this, this newfangled device. So there's there's performers mixing around and talking to you. When you go into the into the sanctuary and get seated, there's sort of some entertainment that's just happening while people are getting seated. You know, so again, more musical group. We have had uh gymnasts, children who, uh, <laughs> it's always been children. I suppose if we had an adult gymnast, we'd be happy to put them to work. Uh, we've had puppet, little puppet plays. So just little things going on sort of all around you. There are people coming up and chatting with you in costume. So we're setting the tone from the very beginning, sort of almost, almost a Renaissance festival feeling in that, that there's music happening and performers talking to you and sort of getting you in the mood. About every five minutes or so, somebody comes through ringing a bell. 
the town crier comes through, hear ye, hear ye, the festival is anon, and, you know, telling you that it's about to begin. So all of that is sort of getting you ready to, to enjoy the festival. So, so don't just show up right when it starts. No, coming early is definitely part of, part of the fun, but also not a necessary you know, you one, of, one of the things that became problematic is the brief show became part of the show. And so, it, it you know, it was built to, to to add some fun as people were arriving, but then everybody wanted to be there for the entire pre-show. And so then it just, all it did is made people come half an hour I hate the early. analogy, but it's like the sideshows of the circus. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But it it sort of became its own beast. And it's something we, we've actually been talking about what is the, the purpose of that it, it's not it's it's not a show show in the same way that and and it is a thing that that we um it's a festival it's not a show you know like, right, like, right. there's a discussion about how it how it uh, how it plays out but it's um but it definitely like getting there a little early and settling in is, is is fun and it's just necessary because we're I forget what the sanctuary seats I want to say it's about a thousand so there's a lot of people and last festival we started with actual reserve seating as a way to sort of discourage people from showing up two hours early and waiting in line, which has happened so that you could purchase a seat and know where you were going to be. Uh. And, but we have to get you in and find your seat and help you help you, you know, get settled and, and, and that sort of thing. And there are people there who help all of that happen. There's a wonderful team of people who do, who make all that, we call it front of house stuff happen, you know, sure. have, deal, deal with the ticketing and deal with the questions and help you find the bathroom and all the things you need to know when you show up. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, and I'll tell you the picking your seats, you get to see what, what the view will be like. And, and so, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure people like have their particular places they want to sit. They do. And, and the way that the sanctuary is sit, set up, the audience sort of wraps around, there's sort of the center circle, and the audience sort of wraps around, it, it may even be more than three-fourths, you know, so in theater, we'd call that a thrust stage, you know, where the, where the audience goes around, but then there's another level where things are up above. And so we we did have, when we started reserving seats, we, we had some that we called obstructed view, because you can't quite see everything up above, and it's sort of... But, you know, you're, you're off to the side. And, but then that helped people, you know, if you purchased your tickets later, you were more likely to end up in the obstructed view section, but you knew going in that that's what you were, you could, you could agree to take that seat or not to take that seat. And you knew that ahead of time, as opposed to showing up two hours early to get in line. So you didn't get that seat. Right. You know, now it's yeah. more reserve your tickets early. So you, so you get the better seat. We've, we've gone once it's happened once since we moved here mm-hmm. in 2016 and it was it was really great. Um, I, as I told you before, we started talking for the the podcast. Uh, yeah. We were involved in a in a Boar's Head Festival in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where where our little one was only nine days old when he was when he was in it, and that was amazing. So if if somebody wants to get involved with this when it comes around the next time, how how do they find out about it? How do they get involved with it? So we put word out through our main sources of putting word out is usually through the churches on the island and then the schools. I, so if you're involved with a church or you've got a kid in the school, that's going to be your main way. We we also put it out in whatever newspaper is happening on the island at, at the moment. So the Gross Eel Grand is what we have. It used to be the... Um, Oh, now I can't think of it. People used to call it the eel squeal, but I can't remember the real well, name. Well, there was the camera. <laughs> yes, the ghost eel camera. Thank you. 
you know, so so the news will go out that way too. There's usually postings, you know, on bulletin boards, like CBS has a has a bulletin board, and so we'll put things up there too, and really try to make sure the community knows we're 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 getting up with the times. There's usually sort of a, a form to fill out online to let us know that you're interested. And then what we've done is have sort of a, a couple of days where people come. Since I've been involved, it's always been at the Presbyterian Church, where you can come learn. If you don't know about the festival, you can learn a little bit, talk with somebody who knows about what you, how you might get involved. There's, like I said, there's over 500 people involved. And so you can be involved on stage. You can be involved backstage. You can sing in one of the choirs. Um, there's so much that you can do. So you can come and learn a little bit about that. If you're interested in one of the larger speaking or solo parts, there's um, an audition component as well to that. And all of that information is, you know, on the website and then available for people when they come that day as well. Great. I think we've covered all the bases with the, the Boar's Head Festival, but let's talk about you a little bit. You're certainly no stranger to stage performances. So tell me about Open Book Theater. Uh, yeah, thank you. I am the founding artistic director of Open Book Theater Company, which is a professional theater located in Trenton, right on West Road, across from the Dairy Queen. Everybody knows where the Dairy <laughs> Queen is. And I started that in, well, we started performing. Uh, we did our first season in 2014, did two seasons up in Southgate before we got our building down in Trenton. Yeah, so I, I'm a theater professional. I got a degree in theater from Northwestern University and have been acting and directing and teaching. And and now that I run a theater doing, you know, everything from cleaning the toilets to sound designing to producing, you know, all of it. Yeah. Of course, the, the pandemic has been in, incredibly horrific, I would say, for live theater. How, how has Open Book adapted? Well, we... We we shut down in March, of course, when everything was, was shutting down. We had just started rehearsals. We had had two rehearsals for a new show and closed down and sort of hoped that that would be it. Or uh, maybe we would also have to cancel our summer show. But by May, it was obvious that was not the case. And so we really took a look. The board and I were a not-for-profit, so we have a board of directors. And we took a look at our mission statement which is not, you know, put on five plays in our space, but our but our mission is to promote connection through theatrical storytelling. And so we said, how do we do that? How do we connect people through theater during a global pandemic? And what we settled on, what we, what we first found and we're quite excited about was driveway theater, which was sort of a brand new invention that, that I sort of thought of as a cross between like singing telegrams, right? Where you, you sure. pay for somebody to show up at your door. So here you're paying to have a play in yeah. your driveway. <laughs> so we hired uh, we hired performers who lived together so that they could safely rehearse and perform together and not be masked. And we performed for small, socially distanced audiences. We, you know, encouraged people to wear their masks and sit six feet apart from anybody not in your family. And we, the largest group we performed for was at a, a retirement community where they were spread out across the lawn and we had 70 people. Wow. Um, and we had, we used our big Shakespeare voices, but we didn't have any amplification. And then we did a, a four person performance in somebody's backyard. Most, <laughs> most of our shows were about 20, 20 to 30 people. And two cast. And two people in the show. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so we commissioned two. Oh, we, it was such a success that, that we later commissioned another play. So over the course of the summer, we did two different scripts. Uh, they were half an hour each. Both of them 
dealt with the fact that we're living through a pandemic. One was the complete works of post-apocalyptic fiction and film, Abridged, where we sort of <laughs> took all these tropes of, you know, if, if you're familiar with The Maze Runner or Hunger Games or, you know, this sort of, because of course there's in May and April, there's all this talk that we're going to emerge into a, you know, this, this post-apocalyptic world, which fortunately we have not. But, and so it's sort of, the idea was that these performers had watched all these movies and read all these books to prepare themselves, you know, <laughs> and they're going to teach you the lessons that they learned in 30 minutes. And so it was a comedy and it was fun, but also relatable because everybody, you know, there were jokes about, about baking sourdough bread, you know, and everyone's like, yeah, that's what we've been doing. And then the one that we did in the fall was called 2020, the year they canceled everything. And it was about a teenage girl who was upset that they were canceling everything. And it was sort of a, a, a riff off Christmas Carol. So she's uh -huh. very upset and then she goes to sleep and then she is visited by, you know, the ghosts of a fall, past, present, and future. And of course her heart grows three sizes and she learns that you can't cancel fall. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then we also we did um we took improv as well, which was a really fascinating, you know, because comedy really requires a crowd. But what we found was fascinating is when we were performing for a group of people who already were a community and knew each other that they had all these inside jokes between them and so you know improvisers will ask for a suggestion from the audience and then they'll do scenes and you know somebody would yell something out that was a, a joke or a jab with their sister or their you know their friend from church or wherever we were performing and so then it just became like it added this whole extra layer of humor that even the the performers sometimes were in on, which was really a fascinating thing. And so it was really a way we really watched community come together by taking theater out and finding a way for people to, to connect. It's actually something we're talking about continuing even post-pandemic because it was such a such a unique way to bring community together. And we thought, wow, we are this is we are living out our mission right now and and you know a lot of theaters just didn't didn't know how to respond and couldn't couldn't shift in a in a quick way so i'm really really proud of the work that we did and how that how that came together absolutely and and then um you have some theater that you're doing over over zoom right we do we we've been doing a one-on-one -on -one series and there, there'll be more of that coming in 2021 where it's one performer and one audience member 10 minute plays uh, that we've commissioned but what we're focused on right now will be starting well by the time this airs what we'll, we'll be running is zoom with santa and santa came to us and suggested working with us and he is going to zoom directly with children and it's about five minutes where your child can have one-on-one -on -one time to talk to Santa and they just have a conversation and you get to see inside Santa's, he's zooming from his log cabin in the North Pole and Mrs. Claus swings wow. by and, and says hello and your child can send a letter to Santa and Santa will have that letter. It's really, it's a fun way to bring some Christmas joy into families that are, you know, it's it's just a hard, it's been a hard year for all of us. And it's really fun putting this magical experience together. Oh, yes. And if, if somebody wants to line that up with Santa Claus, how do, how yes. do they do that? 
you can book your time directly on our website, which is openbooktc, like theater company, openbooktc.com. And then just click on the Zoom with Santa link. And there's tons of information and a link to purchase your tickets right now. Excellent. We'll, we'll put a link in the in the episode description down there. Thank you for that. What are the plans for the rest of the winter and the spring? So we'll keep doing the one-to-one series. We've done three of those already. And then we have one for January, February, and March. So those scripts are in development right now. And then we are going to do a thing that we're calling Weekend Wonders. And we're going to, it's a, it's a playwriting festival there. Over the course of a weekend, we are going to have playwrights write four new plays that are based on a theme that we sort of throw at them. So on Thursday night, we're going to draw like from a hat, a playwright, a director, and two performers, and a couple of fun theme things that they have to put into a play. And wow. so the playwright has 24 hours to write a f- to 10 to 15 minute two person play that can be performed over Zoom. And, and then the actors and the director have 24 hours to memorize the scripts and, you know, figure out sort of the staging. And on Saturday night, we go live with these four plays and we'll stream them on YouTube and we'll stream them on Facebook. And it's just a fun way to, to create some new theater to, for, for artists to play together. We're not going to charge for that at all. That's just going to come free. We do have it as a sponsorship opportunity. If there are any businesses who might like to sponsor for $500, sponsor a weekend of that. So we're going to do that. Uh, We're hoping to do it January, February, March, and April. And then I think in May, we'll probably be launching driveway theater again. Wow. That's great. And then hopefully someday back in the building. (laughs) (laughs) I remember just uh, maybe a few weeks ago that, that you won some awards for, was that for the, the, your show at Christmas time last year? We did. We won some awards uh, for two of our shows last year. So the wild awards are put out by EncoreMichigan.com, which covers all the professional theater across the state of Michigan. And of course, there wasn't a big award ceremony this year because we can't do any of that. But they, we won several awards, both for Miss Bennett Christmas at Pemberley, which we put on last Christmas. And hopefully next Christmas, we'll be putting on its companion piece, The Wickham's Christmas at Pemberley. We were going to be doing that right now, but obviously (laughs) cannot. So we've moved our rights to next year. So assuming we can gather, we'll do it then. And if not, the next year. And then also for The Curious Case of the Watson Intelligence, which we, we put on last fall, both of those, we won a best play for best play drama for Watson Intelligence. So we won best play comedy for Miss Bennett. And we won several performing awards for people in both of those shows. And then I also won a director's award for, for Watson Intelligence. Uh, they were much lauded shows. It was really a bright spot to win, to win some lovely awards in the midst of, of a dreary. (laughs) (laughs) Well, congratulations on all fronts. That's thank you. Very, very proud to be recognized for the work that we're doing. And like I said, it's across the entire state of Michigan. So there's some some pretty fierce competition out there. I'm sure. I'm sure. Beyond open book and Boar's Head Festival, how do we get involved more or support theater down river and in general in Metro Detroit? So there's, um, there are some wonderful community theaters down river. There's down River Actors Guild out of Wyandotte. There's Southgate Community Players in Southgate, obviously. <laughs> uh, so those are some really great local places to see. I mentioned before EncoreMichigan.com. They, like I said, they cover the professional theaters across Michigan. And so a professional theater would be a company that that pays its its performers. And that is a great place to go to find out what is happening 
with theaters and theaters, all theaters right now are, are struggling. And a lot of people are offering some things online. So that's, you can check that out. If you are a lover of the art supporting a theater right now and making a donation or, or purchasing tickets to a Zoom with Santa or, or one of the events we have in the fall or one of the many other things that theaters are doing. Um, I know that Dearborn Players Guild is doing uh, something called Bells and they I have a couple of friends who are involved in that and that's coming up. I wish I could remember the next couple of weekends. Oh, I hope it's not done by the time this airs. <laughs> um, it might be. You know, like they've got, they, they're doing, uh, Southgate Community Players, I know has done some online productions. So there's lots of ways to to to, to be tapped into what, what arts groups are doing, but also just donations right now. If you want, if you love live theater and want it to be around when when this is over, helping us helping us keep the lights on and pay the rent and you know keep staff and 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 keep coming up with innovative ways to do to do theater for the you know the driveway theater and the the one-to-one theater it's all we we keep we keep trudging away trying to trying to find different ways to do theater in this time because we believe that that art is how we respond as human beings you know to what's happening in the world around us and never has there been a greater need for connection and more challenges to creating that, I think. At least not sure. in my lifetime. Maybe not never, never, but certainly <laughs> not in my lifetime. I've not, I've not seen that. Uh, totally. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule today. It's been a busy day. This has uh, been a big uh, interview day for you. <laughs> Uh, thanks for thanks for making room for for this little podcast well i am thrilled to be here thank you for for having me and yes everybody should get involved with the boar's head festival it is a great way to be to be part of something special in your community and i've made so many friends through it it's just a um, it's a really special event. So if if you're on the island and don't know about the Boar's Head Festival, have never been or never been a part, I highly encourage you to to find a way to 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 get involved. It's and fun. and you'll probably see a lot of your neighbors there. That's for sure. You do, and you meet so many just neat neat people. Uh-huh. Yeah. So one part of the podcast is that I ask guests to share a wish for the island, for Grossiel, the community, or or just the island, if you want to turned it into a character. <laughs> so even though you've you've moved off the island, you and and Sean and your daughter Abby mm-hmm. made the made the island your home for for several years. Yep. So do you have a wish you want to share with us? Oh. I just that the community continues to to grow and 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 connect and I guess maybe the way I think about it, I'll tie it back to the Boar's Head Festival. There's so much tradition and also there's so much new wonderful energy and gifts to bring to it and i think finding a way um i don't think it's new sometimes it's hard when you're new to the island there are so many people who have been there and 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 have such rich the island has such rich history um and such great traditions and i think it's wonderful to to keep those alive but also to welcome new people and new energy and 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 to keep to find that balance. So I think my wish for the island is sort of similar to a wish for Boar's Head, is that it finds a way to honor those traditions and to keep wonderful things happening, but also bring in new energy and bring in new ideas and and grow a community in that way. Uh-huh. And I think that's a great wish for all of us, Yeah. Uh, even beyond all that. Well, again, I want to thank you for sharing your time and I want you to know that you are appreciated and all your work is appreciated as well. 
Thank well, you so thank much. You, and I appreciate that. It's, 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 a, it's a joy to, to do it. <laughs> As you have heard, the Grossio Boar's Head Festival is steeped in tradition, and we are a fortunate community to have such dedicated volunteers and leadership to keep it running. It will surely be a while before we learn when the trumpets will announce the next entrance of the Boar's Head. At its core, the Boar's Head is a community sing-along. While we can't do anything like that this year, I've come up with something we can do, but I need your help. On Saturday, December 12th at 4 p.m., meet me on Macomb Street. Find an unoccupied streetlight. There are about 75 of them. Then use your phone to watch the Facebook Live event on What's the Deal Gross Eels Facebook page. That's fb.com slash WTDGI, in case you need to find it. If you go to the event page now, you'll find words and music you can print or also look at on devices. This ensures that we stay far enough apart, but can still spread our Christmas cheer across the island. Please join me and spread the word. The more the merrier, quite literally. What's the Deal Gross Eel is recorded and produced by me, Ben Fote. You can keep in touch with me through the What's the Deal Gross Eel Facebook page or email me at whatsthedealgi at gmail.com. You can share episodes from Facebook or hear them from the website whatsthedealgi.com. And of course, it never hurts to subscribe so you can get the latest episodes through your favorite podcast delivery tool like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and so many others. Our intro and credit music is Mocktails in the Rain by Anti Ludo which is used through a Creative Commons license. Find more of his music on soundclick.com as Auntie's Instrumentals. Thanks for listening to What's the Deal, Grossiel? <laughs>